0: Hey hey! Happy New Year, and welcome back to another episode of the Racing with Ryan podcast. I'm your host Brian Stevens, and it is good to be back with you guys. I haven't recorded a show in what feels like forever because you know behind the curtains, I recorded two shows in one week to get them out there over the Christmas break because I wanted to make sure that we had both parts of the New Smyrna season recap out to you guys before the end of the year. And I really want to thank my guests the last couple of weeks, uh, Corbin Merrill, who did a great job with the Little 500 this past week. Um, Dylan LeBeau and Eugene Tumanello, who expect big things out of in 2024. And uh, speaking of that, hey, we're in 2024. It's race season, and uh, we got some racing to talk about, some live racing. We made it over to the Auburn Dale Speedway for the Cars Racing for a Dream charity race. Over there, we went to the Sunday portion. We were not in attendance for Saturday. Uh, we will recap Saturday's results on the third segment, because uh, we do have around the state, because... Some people are racing this week, and it's it's exciting to have live racing again, um, even though, you know, Governor's Cup and some other things weren't that long ago. Um, also, as I alluded to, I had some great racing at the Little 500. I just want to thank the the staff over at the New Smyrna Quarter Midget Association for just a, a great event and allowing me to be part of it. Um, you know, I, when Rich Clouser calls you out of the blue and asks if, you, if you'd come work at Quarter Midgets to, to fill in, you don't say no. You, you you take the opportunity, even though I've really... I had never even seen Quarter Midges before, so I was completely green. Uh, that's why I have the green lights in the studio today. Um, you know, I took that opportunity back 2020, whatever it was, um, because I, I don't turn down uh, an announcing gig if it involves cars going in circles, uh, if I can make it happen. And uh, I was originally supposed to fill in, but, uh, you know... Uh, it was so much fun and, and I put just as much effort into it as I would announcing a, uh, a race of the big track that they had me come back and, uh, I've been doing it ever since. And it's really a fun addition. I, I love seeing the future uh, of racing. Cause it's, it's a tough sport, man. You gotta have, you gotta have that next generation coming up. And, um, I know a lot of y'all whine about daddy's money and stuff, but Without those kids coming up through the ranks, you don't have super late models. You don't have ARCA. You don't have trucks, Xfinity, and, you know, now even Cup Drivers. So um, just an awesome event. It's it's a three-day show normally. Uh, this year it was four because we did have some, uh, some, some rain come in, thanks to Mother Nature. That's what I was trying to say. And, um, you know, we had half a day get basically washed out, and then it was cold and damp and icky. And everybody just kept fighting. I mean, the 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 parents, the the workers, uh, the officials, the racers themselves—they uh, put on a great show. So I, I I hope that some of them listen to this and just understand that uh, I, I think they do such a great job with the quarter midgets out there, especially during Little Five Hundred. Um, it was just run so well, despite all the challenges and having to come back an extra day. Um, honestly, when they made the call that we were gonna extend into Saturday when we still had a whole round of main events to go. um listen, if I had to be up there till one in the morning calling races in the cold, that's what I'm gonna do, but I think it was the best move because we came back uh, Saturday to finish this thing off, and everybody raced their guts out and raced pretty darn clean it was it was really good. Those kids, I'm telling you, they are very talented. I, I think about me playing Little League and I'd get excited when uh, I would get a base hit or I'd get on base. And these kids are going out there winning races against, you know, 10, 12 cars, uh, against some really, really fast cars from even out of town. So, um, yeah, it was just really good. The the first bit of it is on Flow Racing, if you want to go back and watch some of it. It's kind of a static camera. You can kind of pick what you want to watch. And um, they were unable to come back on the fourth day due to the the scheduling and whatnot. But, um, yeah, it was just really good. So I'm glad I got to do that. Then I got to go to Auburn Hill this weekend with Peyton Uh, We're going to talk all about that on segment number two, and uh, actually, when I'm done yapping here in the intro, I have a special guest again this week, uh, a good friend of mine, a sponsor of the show, Mr. Steve Darling, the announcer at the Auburndale Speedway and Street Stock Racer over there, um, plus sponsor with SRQ Taxes. He's going to join us here in a bit for, um, listen, I've already recorded it. It's a very good interview. Uh, You get to know Steve a little bit, we get to talk about uh, charity, we get to talk about some of the things that we do uh together, some of the experiences that we've had together. And um, I think you all will enjoy it. And uh, that's all coming up here on segment number one. Um, before we get to Steve's interview, and I'll I'll make this quick. Um, it was just announced today that the red eye 5050 does have a rain date this year, uh, because Mother Nature does look iffy this weekend. Um, uh, Freedom Factory has canceled the SRL Sportsman race already. Um Auburndale is looking at things, and I know that we at New Smyrna we're looking at things as well because it's it's listen it's a good predicament to be in. We're having drivers come down for the Red Eye this year from all over the place. Uh, just announced today, just registered today. Um, William Swalich is driving for Kevin Harvick. Uh, we have Caden Quapple coming down. We have drivers coming from New York. We have drivers coming from all up and down the East Coast, Georgia, North Carolina, you name it. And, of course, our, our Florida contingent as well. So we already know that there are drivers coming out of state for this. And we we don't want them to not come now because Saturday looks iffy. And I really got to give a shout out to the staff at New Smyrna. For, with, I was thinking about I need to get on the phone and be like, hey, we need a rain date. You know, and just kind of like uh, twist some fingers. I didn't even have to do that. I got a phone call this afternoon. Uh, this is my first day back to to normal work, and I got a phone call this afternoon. And I was excited to answer the phone when I saw who it was, because I'm like, "Oh, who is this? This has got to be good news!" And uh, sure enough, the the staff at New Smyrna had already come up with a contingency plan. I, I know it's not ideal. We want to race on Saturdays. The the red eye is always the, you know, basically the first raceable Saturday of the year, uh, as long as it's not like right on New Year's, because uh, most people are too hungover anymore to to want to go racing, um, myself included. Uh, but anyway, not really. Um, but yeah, we, we we want to go racing on Saturday, and we're hoping that with it being this early, that the forecast will improve, even if it does rain Saturday, maybe we can get it in Saturday night. But if not, um, we, we wanted to have a contingency plan in place, and they have that in place. So if, in fact, Saturday is unraceable, we are going to try for Sunday afternoon, uh, with racing starting at 2, uh, it will be features only. Qualifying will happen at uh, 12.45. Supers, Prolates, and Bomber a's will qualify at 12.45. And then we'll race at 2 uh, with the gates opening at uh, 9 o'clock to try to get everybody in. Um, Friday practice as of right now is still a go. And here's what I want to say about this. Uh, of course, we're we're in that time of the year where sometimes the rain comes in and it don't go away for a while. We have these fronts um, that, that move in. And like I said, sometimes they kind of saturate things. Um, if you look at the forecast one moment, it says, hey, you're going to be clear on this day. And then it says, oh, it's going to rain this day and it's going to rain this day. And then, hey, it's not going to rain. So it's still too early to tell. But I really just want to, before we get to the interview with Steve, just really say how much I appreciate the fact that the, the track, they've been closed for the holidays. But already they got together and did this because they know how important it is with the drivers coming down. That they feel like them coming here one way or another is going to pay off. So, um, kudos to New Smyrna for having a plan. Um, I hope we race Saturday night because that the red eye is meant to be under the lights. Um, but Sunday afternoon works too, and I'm hoping that one of those two options is going to work. Um, if not, obviously, if it's raining, 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 and it doesn't stop, then there's no way we can race. Here's what I can say: they they want this race to happen. And we have two scheduled opportunities at this point to try to make it happen. So that is our goal this weekend: is try to get this race in if Mother Nature will allow us to. There's, we control a lot of things, and this is one way to control some stuff. And um, I'm hopeful that one way or another we get this thing in. Um, I hate to see tracks that are already having to cancel fun events to start the season. So uh, it's tough. Uh, wh- what is it? El Nino that we're in this year? La Nina? I don't know the difference. Um, as a weather person, I, I should. But I-, I know one of them means rain. And whatever one we got, it's it's raining a lot. So um, we're, we're going to try our best and uh, try to get the show in. We do have the banquet coming up in two weeks. On the 13th, we have family fun night on the 20th. Hey, I'm just saying, if this weekend's a wash, there is a week at the end of the year just whispering. I don't know anything. Um, but anyway, I'm hopeful because I've been, I don't know if you've been seeing it. Um, been doing a little countdown where I I got this really brilliant idea to recap every single red eye for the last 20 years. And, um, boy, I got through the first three or four of those and said, why did I think this was, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's cool to go back and see the history, but sometimes typing those things up with, with a toddler running around, um, throwing things at you. Um, it can be a bit tough to concentrate. So I hope you're enjoying that countdown series and that look back at the red-eye history. Um, If you're not, then I hope you enjoy when we make history finally, hopefully this Saturday night or Sunday afternoon. So um, red-eyes looking good. Good solid field of cars in both supers and pros right now that I know of around 13 to 14 in each class, and that's give or take a few surprises. The weather still may throw some people some curveballs. And there may be some people that are not able to stay for a Sunday event, that may end up sitting out, even though oh we said they're coming. Um, it's all a fluid situation. I just want to get that out there. Um, but the best thing about the contingency plan is it getting canceled on Saturday and having no backup plan means nobody gets to have some fun. If somebody can't stay for Sunday after if Saturday gets washed, then it's only you know one or two, maybe three that can't participate versus everybody having nothing. Does that make sense? Do you see where we're coming from? Cause I get it. Sundays could be tough, especially on the traveling teams. That's why it starts a little bit earlier. Um, run the, the bigger classes first and hopefully everybody can get out of there and get back home. Uh, if, if Sunday is what we end up having to do. So, you know, Hey, if it's down a couple of cars, it still is better than it not happening. But I really appreciate all of those that have made the effort to, uh, to, to make an attempt to, to come one way or another. So, Let's try to have some fun with it this weekend. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, obviously, uh, if we can get it off, then uh, we'll have that to talk about next weekend. And if not, we'll do something else. I have some fun things planned. Um, the Racing with Ryan podcast awards is coming back. Um, that'll be the week, the the show after the new Smyrna Banquet because I have some fun things that I want to kind of tie together uh, with, with all of that. So we have that coming up, plus whatever racing uh, we can get in as well. February, of course. Um We have the Clash. We have NASCAR starting back up. We have speed weeks at New Smyrna, speed weeks at Daytona, blah, 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 all that good stuff. So, plenty to come. Appreciate you guys sticking around for the offseason. Some great interviews. And um, if you haven't listened to the New Smyrna season recap the last two weeks because of the holidays and things get crazy, like I said, we have interviews with Dylan LeBeau, Eugene Tumanello, Corbin Merrill, one of our young quarter midget drivers, and um, season recaps. So, go back, check those out. In the meantime, we do have a special guest, and I want to get to them because uh, this first segment is going to be long-winded here. Um, but uh, calling in here, we have Steve Darling, the announcer from the Auburndale Speedway, co-host of the Hot Mic on Wednesday nights, where yours truly chimes in, and um, street stock racer as well. And he'll race anything, as he explains his inter- in, as he explains in his interview. So stay tuned. Steve Darling talks to us next. All right, everybody, on the Racing with Ryan hotline today, very special guest, long overdue to have this gentleman on with us. Uh, we have our good buddy, Mr. Steve Darling, a street stock racer, announcer, and a proud sponsor of the podcast as well. Welcome to the show, Steve. Glad to have you on. Yeah, I appreciate, appreciate you having me on. Glad we could finally line it up. Yeah, and uh, listen, I appreciate the support for about the last year, man. It's, uh, it means a lot that uh, you see value in the show here and, um, it's, it's been a lot for uh, to me that you've had me over there a couple times to help you out over at Auburndale or to fill in And I'm glad to have gotten you on the mic last year at Red Eye and Governor's Cup last year, man It's been a lot of fun Yeah, it's always enjoyable
1: cause I don't get an opportunity to get out to, to many other tracks and, and when I do now to have an opportunity to have one of the best seats in the house is pretty cool
0: It really is We're, we're kind of spoiled with our job We get to sit up there, watch the races and talk about them And um, it's really a lot of fun So I want to start, uh, I, I know a lot of people have probably raced against you or have heard you over at Auburndale, but uh, what got you into the sport of auto racing? Well,
1: um, my dad uh, in upstate New York, um, within probably 100 miles of where he still lives up in New York, there's probably 20 or 30 dirt tracks. So we had you know, we had our pick of, of places to go in upstate New York, um, we'd run down and and Northern the PA, they'd run on Friday nights. So then, uh, when it came to Saturday, we'd find somewhere to go up there. Um, and my dad was, back then, just kind of like a, an enduro driver, um, which is, I guess would be a bomber or a pure stock in these days. And then, you know, moved on up, um, ran a mini stock for a guy for a few years, won a couple championships with that, got into dirt late model, and then, uh, just couldn't keep up with the, the expanding you know, prices of the dirt late model. So he, he essentially just stopped. Um, so I was glad to get the opportunity to, to continue on. Um, when I moved down here in Florida, um, 1986, I'm, I'm gonna age myself a little bit. <laughs> 1986, I moved down to Florida. Um, and I, I was pretty young then but I would still go up to New York in the summers and race on dirt with him with an old beat-up Pinto. And then I would come, you know, when I got a little bit older, run on asphalt down here at uh, mostly DeSoto. Um, I, I did have an enduro car that we would run uh, a couple times a year, run it down at Charlotte County Seaway, run it at DeSoto, run it at Ocala when it was uh, asphalt. So, And then just uh, had a couple different glasses over the years mini stocks pure stocks bombers um ran a dirt modified up in new york a couple times so it's pretty cool up there that's that's a lot
0: of horsepower right there for sure yeah definitely uh, yeah. uh compared to what you're used to. i remember uh you know what i knew of steve darling back before uh we we hooked up with the the hot mic and we kind of expanded and, and worked on our friendship with the tracks and stuff. Uh, was you in that red '68 Mini Stock? That's that's. If I think of Steve Darling race car, that's what I think of. Because uh, that was, you know, you were racing that around the time I got into all of, all of this journey that we've been on here. Yeah,
1: in in fact, this past weekend was the first time in in um, five or six years that that Mini Stock had not been part of the charity race. Um, I, I so it was just kind of sitting. I would run it once once or twice a year. Just kind of sitting around, rotting away in my backyard, so I let buddy of mine... I didn't, I didn't let him. I, I sold it to a buddy of mine, um, Doug Radley. So, it's out and about somewhere around. In fact, he ran it at, at the tour destruction, or he had Billy Osborne run at tour destruction uh, a few weeks ago. Oh, wow. Smashed it all up.
0: Oh, hey, got some use out of it.
1: Yeah, broke my heart, though. Yeah, but, I'm sorry.
0: Uh, they're, they're, putting
1: it, they're putting it back together. But, but yeah, mini stocks are, are enjoyable. I got a lot of races in mini stocks, got quite a few wins, had some success, had some bad days, good days. Um, but I don't... I, I, I kind of got bored with the mini stocks, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. Because the mini stocks, you kind of get... You get the anywhere from 15-year-olds to 50-year-olds. So it's it's just... a. a huge variety of drivers and experience out there and it just it gets pretty aggravating kind of similar to the, the
0: crown Vicks these days yeah I, I could see that being a kind of a lateral move there to the crown vic series but uh you're kind of pivotal in getting the street stocks over there to auburndale this past year and, and you and jason got together and between the two you ran a bunch and jason even won the championship so i, I feel like you're enjoying the street stock side of things right now correct
1: Oh yeah, for sure. So there's there's nothing like that—the horsepower of a street stock in the in the the rear, the rear-wheel drive, all the power coming off the right rear, as opposed to the right front uh, with the mini stock. Yeah. So it's it's pretty enjoyable. Uh, we we struggled quite a bit with the cars this year, but we pretty much have them dialed in to kind of where we we want them. And um, we've got 17 races at Auburndale this year. Nice. So or this 2024 season, which is um, well, that's what we asked for, but it's a little bit too much to bring two cars to 17 races because um, street stocks aren't much different than a sportsman yep. when it comes to needing tires and fuel and everything. Um, we do run 25-lap races, so we, we can get it two, sometimes three races out of a set of
0: tires. Well, and you'll so. probably factor in, factor in a couple of rain outs. It's bound to happen with how rainy it's been lately, but... Yeah, man, that's a that's a chunk of a season right there. But it will keep you busy between announcing and and racing. You're gonna be, uh, you're gonna be looking forward to that off season in the summer.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's, we've got a, a huge schedule outside of the three stock of Auburndale. We've got basically January six,
0: um, this coming Saturday, all the way up to the next carry race, December twenty second, with yeah, the exception so. of the summer months. So it's quite a bit. Your season just ended, and it's now just going to start here this weekend, hopefully if, if mother nature allows, but um, I I remember you were kind of in the mix here after Dave Westerman passed. Um, I filled in a couple times over at Auburndale and then Rick Bristol took over for a little while. And then um, I think he announced there for about a year or so. And then they were kind of going with whoever could help fill in. I would fill in from time to time. Jake Wilson filled in a few times. I think Austin filled in a couple times. Um, what got you to, uh, to think about going up there and start announcing?
1: Well, I, I kind of had already always had an interest in it. Um, and I was kind of looking for things to do as I was getting a little bit older and wasn't sure how much longer I'm going to race. Still want to be a part of racing. Racing means a lot to me um, locally here. And, and the, the people in racing, I really enjoy being around. So I'm looking for a way to kind of, Extend my time in racing when I can't race anymore, and
0: I, I act like I'm an old man. I'm I'm 45, so I'm not that old. You're not that old, but uh,
1: yeah. So I, I probably could still race, you know. Look like Joe Winchell; you know, he's he's still out there doing it.
0: Yeah, still so, good too. He's,
1: yeah, he's, he's real good. So, but it, I called up. It was over their summer break, and I I called up Rex, and I said, "Uh, oh, I can do that. I've done it before." I've never done it (laughs) but uh,
0: I told him i had done a couple It's a good way to sell yourself What's that? That's a good way to sell yourself Yeah Yeah
1: But even listening to myself um, two and a half years ago compared to you know just this past Saturday or Saturday and Sunday it's it's a huge difference I hear it in myself and 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 there's still a lot of room for improvement the more and more that I work with Jake Wilson um, when I have an opportunity to work with you Austin or Matt, I always just pick up something that you guys do—the uh, good, the good stuff, of
0: course. Yeah, well, we all have unique things that we do in different styles, and you know, some some people are a lot more out there. Um, you know, me and you, we might be a little bit more laid back, just kind of talking about what's going on and get excited when we need to, versus going out there and try to make the show about ourselves. Um, which, hey, there, there's nothing wrong with with somebody who's a little more energetic or, you know, for lack of a better term, but. Um, I have noticed the difference, uh, to the first couple of times you announced, I mean, you gotta, you gotta find, you gotta find your groove. You, you gotta get comfortable. You gotta get used to it. I mean, my whole first couple of years, I, people would always talk about me as, as the new guy. So I'm like, I've been doing this for three years. I'm not new anymore, but I still knew that like, yeah, I'm still learning this whole thing. I'm still finding my voice, still finding myself. And, um, honestly doing this is one of the, things that helped break me out of my shell. I used to be this really, you know, kind of shy, reserved, I'm still shy. Uh, I used to be this really reserved guy who just kind of kicked back, kept to himself. And now I'm involved in this whole crazy thing. So it's, you know, to me, it's a, it's a great skill to have, to be able to, to talk to people like that and to entertain a crowd like that on a weekly basis. So, um, I was just interested in, in how you went from, being in the race car, obviously you love the sport, which is like the number one thing you need to have to be a good announcer. Um, so it's, it's cool that you just, you know, you you saw an opportunity and said, Hey, that's something I want to do. Cause that's how it happened for me. I'd never done it before. Saw an opportunity, took it and here. I am all these years later, still doing it. So, um, it's, it's pretty cool. And and you being a, a race car driver, um, having that perspective in the way you can explain things when something happens versus me, just like, Oh, he can't get it started. You're able to be more technical and kind of explain to everybody why they can't get it started. Um, I remember you teaching me about, uh, the crown VIX one night we were working together and, and how it takes them. It's like, you see them spin out. And then I was kind of like, Oh, they always just stop on the racetrack. And you explained to me how things worked and how it's hard, you know, get them spun backwards. It's hard to get them going. So it's cool that you have that racer's approach to to what you do, and you're you're still racing too. So, um, I, I think you you have a very unique uh, delivery and unique knowledge that maybe some of us other announcers don't have. Yeah,
1: I, I appreciate that, and I, I really enjoy it. And from the same aspect, coming being a racer and now announcing, I kind of kind of <laughs> I've got an opinion on quite a few guys. Yeah. Um, so I've had to learn to kind of keep nobody's there to hear my opinion, obviously, and I'm not there to disrespect anybody either. So I, I you know, I, I deliver what's on the track, right. and that's it. Right. That's, unless unless I see something, I mean, unless I see something blatant
0: happen, then I say I call it out. Well, you know, there's a difference between saying, "Oh, you know, driver 37 dumped driver 63" because that's what happened on the racetrack. That doesn't mean that you're calling out them as a person, it's just, hey, that's what happened on the racetrack. Now, if you went, oh, that no good son of a gun in in car 37, he's a piece of crap. You should even see what he does in the pits every weekend. You know, there's a line, you know, we we call what we see on the racetrack. And sometimes I, I remember I grew up listening to Dave Moody at Thunder Road and he would just be like, get that hunk of junk lap car off the track to the pits where it belongs. And yet, you know, he means it all in good fun. And nowadays, you say something like that and people get upset. And it's like, well, you know, we're, we're just being entertaining to the crowd. So I, I guess the, the point is we we find the line and we walk the line between entertainment and, like you said, try not to just straight up offend somebody. Um, you know, that that happens. It's going to happen eventually. But, uh, yeah, you know, especially with you being a racer, you probably came into the booth, you know, with with some opinions on some guys and then you had to kind of walk that back. Oh.
1: Uh, for sure, for sure. And <laughs> my opinions have changed over sure. over the years on, on people. You know, Same. I've been up there now, and you you get to see, you know, a, a different side of them, and get to see, you know, more and more. Because I come up there with growing up in racing, I come up there with the the little bit of the knowledge of what happens behind the scenes, and I know, you know, the guy that's back there running. And a pure stock is giving it his all. He just may oh, not, yeah. you know, have the money or the funds to, to be up there,
0: armed with the top dogs. So well, it's that's like, what I kind of appreciate as well. It's like Joe Kleitz. He's he's trying just as hard as uh, Mark brot out there at New Smyrna Mini Stock. They're all trying their damnedest, and and that's the thing about this level of racing. You have such a disparity between the guy who's got all the money and can go out there and blow everybody away versus the guy who's just scrapping up change to get to the racetrack to go out and have fun. So. It's kind of interesting um the the dynamics there, and uh, I'm sure you've you've kind of taken a different perspective to racing since you started working as an announcer because now you've you've probably seen things from the pit side now you see things from the other side of the racetrack has has your mindset changed at all since you've you've started announcing?
1: oh for sure for sure I, you know i was I was one of those spoiled racers that kind of thought that the the race were there to to bow to us and and we were there for them and then you know to just to learn about the racetrack operations and, and what it takes to run a racetrack these days these racetracks are not making money yeah in 2023 2024 the money's not in racing anymore
0: you're seeing that across the country the the values and land of these these properties now unfortunately yep that's a good point i mean you know, yeah, they might be getting 15, 20 bucks a head that come in, but the, the overhead to then break into the, the even, break into the green, I'm sure you know it a little bit better than I do. Um, I try to stay out of that aspect, but I know I know what you're saying. I mean, it costs, you got to pay employees, you got to have a big payout, you've got insurance, um, God forbid anything bad happen. Um, you know, these racetracks are doing it because they, they want to, because they, they love the sport and and they're just trying to survive and, and get the next schedule out. So, um, I'm glad you, you've seen that, that kind of paradigm shift is, as, as I saw too, I went from being a fan who, you know, I didn't know anything. I didn't know either side of the fence to then learning a little bit about it. And, um, uh, you know, it's a, it's an interesting journey, whether you're a racer or a fan or somebody that works at the racetrack. Cause I think for us, Steve, we, we kind of have to walk the line between, um, you know, praising the racetrack and praising the racers. And it can be hard to do sometimes because sometimes you look like you're kissing somebody's ass and you're really just trying to, you know, walk the line and and make everybody feel good. And that can be, that can be tough sometimes. But I did want to ask you, uh, you guys did have a very important race weekend uh, with the Cars Racing for a Dream charity race. And uh, you guys race Saturday night and Sunday afternoon. Um, Race, of course, postponed from earlier in December due to weather. Um, I was there Sunday, had a great time, a uh, fantastic show, ran really efficiently. Um, looks like, uh, cars raised some money, but how was the overall weekend? How were things from, uh, from your point of view? Um, hopefully, uh, cars raised a bunch of money and hopefully everything went well. Uh, besides from what I'm going to say later. No, for sure. It's, it's always a, a great weekend with
1: them. Um, as they've been, been doing it for years, and you've been coming over there, whether announcing or spectating for years with it as well. Um, it was a, a, a pretty good show Saturday. Um, the weather was, really? by Florida standards, pretty chilly. Mm-hmm. So I think that that hurt the crowd quite a bit. But the 50-50 Saturday was still over $1,300 split. Yeah, that's so, right. I mean, yeah. So the people, and, and to get people to come out and put money into the 50-50 like that, with today's economy that's you know it was it was huge for you know the charity to get yeah. half of that and then uh hit auction items and you know a lot of other things going on um but the the show saturday was was really good um i felt like it was it was pretty efficiently run as well um we ran features only i think we were done by ten thirty. oh good uh, which yeah i appreciated that because the pits open Sunday morning at 8 a.m.
0: Yeah, yeah, you go take a nap and get right back to it. So, um, yeah, like, like I said, part of the reason I didn't come out Saturday, um, I, I had the kid this weekend, so um, that, that turnaround was just gonna be too much for her. And with, with the weather, if I was just by myself, I would have braved it. But, um, I, I've always loved the charity event, I've worked the last couple. Um, it was nice to just go as a spectator this year, and I actually went up to uh, to Kim and uh, I gave her a hug and, and it was nice to see her again. And I'm like, yeah, the last couple of years I've been working during this thing. Uh, this year, this year I'm not. And I, I, I gave her a small donation. I, I don't have a ton of, of disposable income these days, but I, I just, I said, look, you know, I, I appreciate this event. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Gave her a little bit of money. I bought a few raffle tickets. Um, and honestly, I didn't even care if I won or not. It was really just so the, the charity got, uh, got some good money. Cause that's what the weekend was all about. The race cars and, and the race on the racetrack. It's, it's, it's secondary to the the purpose of the event. I'm glad to hear that. It sounded like, um, even Saturday, if, if the cold weather kept some people away, that it, it was a uh, purposeful event for, for the charity. And I'm, I'm glad that that, uh, that whole thing is continuing. And we did get to see some great racing too.
1: Yeah, for sure. On, on Sunday was, was great as well, as you're alluding to. Um, it, and to get people to come out on a Sunday afternoon is, is, is a challenge, mm-hmm. um, which you, you may face, may or may not face this week. Yeah. Because um, you got the, the church crowds, you got the family people, you got the. They just don't want to go out on, on Sundays. Well, and
0: people um, aren't really used to it either. They think it's Saturday or nothing around here. And um, yeah, Sunday's show, unless it's Governor's Cup or Speed Weeks, is, is almost unheard of anymore. I, I worked a couple of. Uh, random Sunday shows over at Auberdale a couple of years ago that uh, on paper looked great. And I get to the racetrack and I'm like, there's like 25 people here. Not to knock, this is not a knock on the speedway. It just, it just didn't really resonate with, with the crowd. Same thing with the Friday shows you guys tried last year. Great idea. In my opinion, they just never had enough time really to catch on. It was such a new idea that, that people just weren't in my opinion, very aware of it. And, uh, it's tough. It's in the industry, like you alluded to when, um, people are closing gates and selling property to turn into houses or strip malls or whatever. Um, It's hard to just justify opening the doors for no reason anymore. So um, I'm glad that a two day show like this, um, whether or not the stands were completely full, Sunday's crowd was very good. People seemed to be very into the racing as well and and were very generous with their donations. So, um, you know, I'm glad to see that with, with the, with the struggles that we face these days, I'm glad that it's still a viable option for, for the charity and the fact that, that Rex and Colette are are willing to, you know, once all the bills are paid to give over give over whatever is left uh, to the charity. So I don't know, man. I, I'm telling you, when, when Kim was giving her speech as a, as a dad now, um, I couldn't even imagine what people th- that are going through these things with their children. I, I just couldn't even imagine it. I, I almost started to tear up because I had Peyton with me and I, I looked at her and, you know, she's a perfect little girl. And I, I just started to think, I'm like, I couldn't imagine being one of those kids down there. I couldn't imagine being their parents and, and seeing people come out to support a family who's really struggling. So, um, you know, not to get all sappy, but, uh, that, that's my favorite part about the racing community is sometimes we might butt heads with one another. And sometimes we want to, you know, screw track A, screw track B. But at the end of the day, we're all a big family and, um, there's a lot of good and a lot of purpose that goes into this besides just turning left and, and burning gasoline.
1: Yeah. And, and that's why I think it's important to, to what you and I and you and I and um, Matt and Austin do with the Hot Mic show. Yeah. We just try to show that we can we can work together at, collectively as announcers. Um, what the track owners and officials do, we can't control that. But, right. You know, we, we show that we can get along. Plus we... I
0: need you guys quite a bit sometimes. Yeah, and I listen, getting together on, on Wednesday nights with the hot mic and, and chatting with you guys is one of my favorite things to do. I mean, I, I don't care if there's 50 people watching us, two people watching us, no one's watching us. It's, it's kind of fun to just kind of hang out and talk racing with some other people, get get some different opinions because we all have different opinions on things, and it's it's fun to get that out there, and it's it's been a really fun journey. And, you know, we, we have a little camaraderie, and like you said, if the owners don't want to get along, well, to hell with it. Uh, there are other people involved in the racetrack that are getting along, and it, it's fun to venture over to Showtime, support Matt, and venture over to Auburndale. Have you guys come up to Smyrna? Uh, one of these days, we'll have to go dirt racing with Austin, even though um, you know that's a kind of a different avenue from what you and I are, are used to these days. But yeah, man, it, it's it's been a fun ride, and it's it's just it's great to get together and actually hear about what's going on at these racetracks. There's a lot of the a lot of good things going on, whether we see them or not.
1: Yeah, and and I'm like a lot like you. I think because I'm not opposed to going back to Citrus. I just need to find the time in yeah. my schedule
0: when Same here. there's an opening. Yep. It, it seemed like any time that I might be able to get out to Citrus last year, it was either rained out because everybody was rained out, or there was a big show at Auburndale that I went over to, or we went down to Showtime. Um, I think all the all the racetracks in Florida, whether you agree with the owners, whether you know. I think they're all worth supporting uh because we're we're losing like you said earlier we're losing more tracks than we're getting so um i i think what we have going on uh between us is is definitely good and um i hope more people uh tune into this year's uh hot mic show because i I think at the end of the day we have a lot of fun with it oh
1: for sure and you know to get an opportunity to cover nascar as well you know we kind of like you said get each other's opinions on it so it's
0: it's pretty cool. I, I think we have fun with the NASCAR stuff because it don't really matter what we say because those guys aren't coming after us. But <laughs> it is it is fun, and um, I I always like it when one of one of us goes off on a tangent because sometimes one of y'all says something that we all really want to say and uh, we're afraid to. So um, yeah, t- tune into the hot mic because sometimes we do drop the opinions, and um, it, it's you know. I say it on, on this show all the time. If you really want to get the in-depth knowledge of what's going on at these other tracks, you got to tune into Hot Mike and hear it from the horse's mouth. So um, that's like I said, it's been a fun journey. It's it's really been cool. I remember um, Steve, the the first time I really ran into you back in the day. I think we were both doing a live stream on our phones, and we kind of ran into each other halfway through, and it's kind of like an inception sort of deal. And we we're oh, just yeah, like, yeah. We we're like, hey, I know who you are, and you know who I am, and we we're like, hey, what's going on? And then we we kept going and then. Next thing you know, we're both announcers and we're both announcing together. And then we're calling the Governor's Cup together, and we've got a show. And now we're podcasting. Um, it's it's been a cool journey, man, and I'm I'm glad you're a part of it. And uh, I wish you and and Jason the best of luck with the street stocks this year. And um, I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot of one another, one way or another. Um, before I let you go, um, again, I want to thank you so much for your sponsorship of the show. Go ahead and. and Cut a good promo for S R Q taxes before we get out of here. Oh,
1: for sure. I appreciate it. I'm yeah. in fact sitting in my office right now. Um, we are locally owned and operated in Sarasota, Florida. Got two offices in Sarasota, North and South Sarasota. Um, which doesn't really probably matter a whole lot to you on where you're at because I can handle taxes from anywhere. I've got a secure online portal portable or portal portable secure well, portable. online portal that I can send, um, link to and people can upload their documents and we can do it that way so the best way to contact me is via the website or uh,
0: info at com. perfect and uh also I-, I know you got a lot of support with the racing thing you-, you have to to be able to do this week in and week out um who else do you want to give some love to before we get out of here uh
1: yeah um you said love i gotta also include love tile um Full Tile Distributor in Sarasota, Florida, they've been supporting me for the last four or five years in racing, I think, Um, on both street stocks, on the mini stock, and uh, hopefully on another project that I have coming up that I'm not ready to release the details on yet because i got to make sure that it's going to completely come to fruition. Um, So, yeah, love Tile and SRQ
0: Texas. Perfect. Well, man, it's, it's been good chat with you. I'm glad we finally were able to make this happen. Glad you all had a uh, great charity race weekend. And I'm hoping that this weather forecast, because it's still early, I'm hoping it all clears up. We can all run our races this weekend and have a good time. For sure. For sure. Um,
1: if it does end up having to be on Sunday for your way, then I might have to venture
0: over there. Who knows? Well, if that happens, and you do, of course, just let me know. And um, appreciate everything you've, you've done for us, and um, looking forward to 2024. Awesome. Appreciate it. Always nice talking to you. All right, man. Well, I'll talk to you tomorrow on the hot mic. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. All right. Thank you. That's Steve Darling, uh, street stock racer, announcer over at Auburndale. And we got more to talk about with the Cars Racing for a Dream charity event over at Auburndale on the next segment. So stay with us. Hey everyone, we want to take a few moments and thank some of our great sponsors here with the Racing with Ryan podcast, including one of our first anchor sponsors, 124 Welding and Fabrication. Of course, that is Ron D'Alessandro's company. He's been with us for the last couple of years, not only here on the show, but supporting local short track racing as well, and the Florida Southern Ground Pounders, and the 602 Modifieds that race over at New Smyrna. Uh, Ron, he's an all-around good guy, and he's very talented. Of course, he can handle all your welding and fabrication needs. But go to his Etsy store. Check out Etsy.com and search for 124 Welding and Fabrication. You can see some of the great items that he already has for sale. They make great gifts. If you've got a birthday coming up or you want to plan ahead for Christmas and start getting some of that knocked out, check out what he already has to offer. Or you can get with him and have something custom made. We have our Racing with Ryan podcast studio emblem hanging up in the studio. It is a beautiful piece. Uh, Ron does great work. Um, also very good for for trophies, for awards. I know he did the trophies for the Ground Pounders uh, a couple of years ago, and they're some of the coolest trophies I've ever seen. So um, if you need anything like that done, maybe awards for a baseball team, uh, for a quarter midget, for anything like that, make sure you check out 124 Welding and Fabrication. Obviously, if you need something welded or fabbed, Ron is your man. Keep it local. Keep it trusted. We wouldn't trust anybody else here on the racing with ryan podcast except ron d'alessandro and again we thank him for his support again that's 124 welding and fabrication check out his etsy store etsy.com search for 124 welding and fab it'll come right up and uh, see what he has to offer and purchase yours today we'd also like to thank our friends at schultz engineered products and schultz racing fuel cells If you're in the market for a new racing fuel cell for your vehicle, make sure you check out Schultz Fuel Cells. They're designed and manufactured in the United States to be safer, longer lasting, and they will outperform all other fuel cells that you can get your hands on. Also, they specialize in their fuel recovery systems. You can save on your fuel expenses, significant maintenance reductions, along with a safer working environment, better for the actual environment, the outside environment, and It'll eliminate your fuel disposal fees. Those are just some of the products that Schultz Engineered Products focuses on and you can check them out on the web at schultzproducts.com. You give them a call at 732-922-4334 or for email inquiries, you can reach out to them at info at schultzproducts.com. That's info at schultzproducts.com, S-C-H-U-L-T-Z, Schultz Engineered Products. We welcome them. As one of our anchor sponsors here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. Make sure you check out their website, schultzproducts.com, for everything that they offer. And hey, if you're racing and you want to stay safe, get one of their fuel cells installed on your race car. You will not regret it. We also thank SRQ Taxes in Sarasota, Florida. We know tax season has come and gone, but guess what? It's never too early to get a head start on next year or to start thinking about next year. And hey, if you have any issues with your taxes or, you know, you're looking to get a hold of somebody that can help out your business, check out srqtaxes.com, click on their services portal, and you can see everything that they offer from accounting software selection, audits, compliance, bookkeeping, business consulting, um, they do estate and trusts, they do financial analysis, statements, IRS representation in case you have any issues. They even have a notary public on hand for all of those documents that you might need notarized. And of course, tax preparation and planning. So make sure you check out srqtaxes.com located in Sarasota, Florida, or you can, uh, Get with Steve Darling at the Auburndale Speedway. He'll be happy to help you out. SRQ Taxes coming on board as another one of our anchor sponsors here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. We also have a, a couple of supporters that we would like to thank. Of course, um, we have our anchor sponsors, and then we have those that just support the show. And we got to thank Ken Copley. Of course, he is our EMOD sponsor, but we want to thank him for his support here as well. We'd also like to thank Doug Samian with Do All Lawn and Tree Services He's come back on board as a supporter of the Racing with Ryan podcast. So, if you need anything done in your lawn or if you have any overgrown trees on your yard or lot, make sure you contact Doug Samian, get a hold of him, and he will take care of you. Again, big thank you to Doug Samian, big supporter of the show here, driver of the 04 Superstock. And if you'd like to become an anchor sponsor or a supporter of the show, just reach out to us here on the Facebook page, or you can give us a call at 321-356-2934. $5 an episode gets you on board, and now we'll let you get back to the show. Well, folks, quick programming note before we continue with the show. Unfortunately, the red eye has been postponed from this weekend until a month from now on February the 3rd. So uh, there's a lot of optimism in the show about hopefully getting the race in this week, but the, uh, the office has made the tough decision to postpone that again until February 3rd of 2024. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. Again, I want to thank Steve for taking some time and chatting with us about a bunch of different stuff. I mean, um, it, it's kind of cool to have a dynamic guest like that that kind of falls into all the different things and perspectives that we talk about, uh, you know, as far as being a race fan, a racer, and uh, an announcer kind of all mixed into one. So appreciate him taking some time, and again, appreciate his support of the show. As we alluded to in the interview, it was a great weekend for cars, uh, for for the charity there, and uh, for racing at Auburndale. So we're going to take a peek over the next couple of segments here, what exactly went down over there. And uh, we're going to start with Sunday's program, because that's the program that I was actually able to attend. Uh, Me and Peyton went out there. Uh, to watch some vroom vrooms on a beautiful Sunday. A little bit chilly, but nice, bright, and sunny. Um, Had to go out to the car and get sunscreen, as a matter of fact, and uh, make sure we didn't roast out there, which is what makes afternoon racing in Florida. uh, It's another curveball we we face with that. So, um, like like I said when I was talking to Steve there, just a very uh, efficient program. They started at, at 1230. Crown Vic's came out, did Crown Vic things, and we moved to the trucks. The trucks did truck things for the first half, then settled in. And the late model is actually one of the cleanest late model races I've seen out there, but still very good, plenty of drama. Um, So let's go ahead and take a look at things. I've got the results here from Aberdale's website. Uh, I did go back and review Speedway Video's footage um, to kind of give myself a, a refresher. Of what went down? Uh, did miss a couple things. Uh, obviously when I go to the races these days, um, I got usually, uh, two eyes on, on, on the baby and an ear on the racetrack. And, and I, sometimes I miss things. So, um, glad that Tom from speedway video was able to make it out for night two as well. Um, he had some ob- family obligations and stuff with it being a holiday weekend. So he was not able to make both nights, but, uh, if you want to go back and watch the main events, if you will, um, then you can go back and watch day number two on Speedway Video. He had an in-car with Richard LeVance, our uh, new Smyrna Pro Truck Champion, and uh, we're going to talk about his day in a moment. Um, So we're going to start things off with the Crown Vicks because they kicked off the program. I like that the track tried to do everything they could to allow those who wanted to go over and race Showtime's New Year's Bash. Um, they, They gave them the opportunity to race first thing versus last and then get over there. And I know a couple of guys went over. Um, there's definitely some turmoil from night number one, which we'll look at in a minute. Uh, the carryover was only about 13 cars taking the green. But still, it was a very entertaining race. There was bumping and banging, spinning and crashing. Uh, but Austin Taylor in the two, he dominated the race. I, I'm really happy for Clay Cruz, though. Uh, the first couple times I've seen Clay race, uh, no offense to Clay, uh, he's kind of a mid-pack driver. A uh, mid-pack car, maybe. Um, but driver and car have gotten way better. And Clay Cruz was the only guy that could stay up there with Austin Taylor. Taylor did dominate this thing, started from the pole, led basically every lap. Um, Roger Blevins was in the mix there for a little bit. Started first, finished third, but it wasn't that easy if you go back and and watch on the video. Um, Like I said, typical Crown Vicks, uh, a couple of incidents on starts, a lot of spins. I think at one point Clay Cruz was even spun out early, but um the way the cautions fell and tap outs and and official calls uh, some people got to keep their spots some people didn't um if you like crown vic style racing you know full fendered uh full contact then it was right up your alley uh they they did exactly what you'd expect without like the sheer chaos that uh with the dqs that i saw maybe it was the case on saturday night but uh we'll, we'll take a look at those results a little bit later on uh, when we do around the state before we get out of here um So Austin Taylor, the first winner of the day, head of Clay Cruz. Roger Blevins was third. Corbin Gibbs was fourth and fifth for Brandon Wolfinger. We'll do the top ten today. It's charity weekend. Uh, Sean Bailey, sixth, seventh for Tyler Landis, who had an interesting race. Um, He was kind of mixed up in the back of the pack. Uh, They had a big stack up, and he rear-ended somebody. Then on the restart, had the hood go up. They went into the pits and ratchet-strapped the hood back down. And then he was one of the ones that went over to Showtime. So Tyler Landis had a, a wild day to say the least, to, to say the least. Uh, Joe Kleitz <laughs> brought him up in uh in the interview with Steve. Really good dude. Um, but he's one of those guys who's just happy to be out there. But he ended up with an eighth-place finish. So not bad. James Bristol was in ninth, and Mike Smith rounding out your top 10 for the Crown Vicks. So um I'm gonna talk about late models next. in, in my eyes, the Pro Trucks are the highlight of Charity Race Weekend. Everybody loves the super late model race, especially when you get 17 of them on a little bowl ring. You would think Calamity and Chaos. Um, some chaos, enough chaos to keep the race interesting, but like I said, definitely with, with the smash and bash style of racing of the bowl rings that you normally see, these guys played pretty nice, and uh, there was more sportsmanship out there in the late model race than there was people dumping each other. Um uh, uh, the, the biggest thing that happened early was uh, track champion. Jonathan guy broke a hub and, uh, threw a wheel, Uh right front wheel came off and turn one and two to bring out the caution. Um, before that, Cody McDuffie and Scott Grossenbacher had had problems, but uh, first half of the race, pretty clean until John guy had the caution. Um, then we had another bit of a run for much of the event. Cody Stickler, who started first, uh, he, he led, but he was being hounded by the 67 of Colin Allman. And, uh, you know, Colin's a, a, a guy that I've I've followed for the last few years. He comes over to New Smyrna occasionally and has been running well. Um, he's, you know, he's one of the guys, he'll race a pro late. He'll go out of state and race, uh, but he's still one of the Florida guys. Uh, he's, you know, kind of stays around. He's from Plant City, so obviously Showtime, uh, Auburndale, Freedom Factory, those are right in his backyard for the most part, if you will. Uh, But when he ventures up to New Smarter the last couple of times, he's done well. He hasn't really had the luck that you'd hope. But uh, on this day, he was able to stay in the the tire tracks of Cody Stickler and um, make things very interesting, especially towards the end. So, like I said, not a whole lot of smashing and crashing to talk about, but the race at the end got really good. The last 10 laps are definitely worth going back and watching on Speedway Video. Stickler had led most of the way and uh, Allman was all over him. And as those two started to race, I-, I will tell you this, Colin Allman was driving one of the cleanest races that you can drive while still trying to be aggressive at Auburndale. Like, he would get a run on Stickler, and then he'd get tight coming off turn number four. Stickler would get the power down. Just like we see typical late model racing these days, the car on the outside would hold the position because the car on the bottom, they just get so... Even at Auburndale, they're getting tight off the corners. I don't know if it's so much aero-tight, but... Again, you can't get the power down when you're on the inside versus a guy who's got the momentum on the outside. It's, it's fascinating. It's like back-and-forth chess match type racing. And, and at Auburndale, typically, you'll give the guy a little nudge if you get to the bumper and try to get him out of the groove and, and go by him. Auburndale did spray the outside of the racetrack, so it was pretty grippy. And um, Colin just drove a very smart race and got right to Cody Sickler, never really even hit him. And that all changed because it was a two-man race for about the last 15 laps or so until Steve Dora broke out of the back of the pack. And he was, by himself, in in space, he was probably the fastest car uh, on the racetrack. Maybe even just by a tenth or two over Cody Stickler. But still, Dora was flying up through the field. And all, uh, like I was saying about Colin Allman being super clean and being um, a, a racefully aggressive, if you will. Um, As soon as Steve Dora caught those guys, I feel like uh, Allman probably heard from his spotter, looked in the mirror and saw that blue car coming and was like, oh, crap, I got to go. There's about five laps to go. Steve Dora gets there. He is he is not patient with Colin Allman. He gets to Colin Allman. He tries to move him. It's almost like Alman All, uh, was like, okay, I got to go because Steve Dora is going to knock me out of the way. And then like the next lap, not on purpose, But Allman was like, okay, I got Dora on my bumper. There's like five laps to go. Allman gets into Cody Stickler. Stickler goes around. And it's just like, whoa, that changes everything. There goes the dominant couple of cars of the day. They're going to put Allman in the back for contact. But then Allman tapped out. So everything I just said still stands. He didn't go in there trying to wreck Cody Stickler. He went in there trying to keep Dora behind him while trying to race the leader. So it was like a three-car jam session. Um, Dora was aggressive. Allman, you know, maybe made a slight mistake getting into three and four spun Cody out, but he tapped. So Cody got to keep the lead and, um, on the restart. This is where I thought we were going to see typical Auburndale on the last restart, but we didn't, they, these guys raced it out. Cody Stickler got the win. TJ to ended up getting second away from Steve Dora. TJ kind of had a quiet day until that point. And then Steve Steve needed that long run to go green. He had the fastest car at that point. Um, it would have been tough sledding to get by Allman and Stickler, but I think he could have done it if the caution didn't come out. The restart just didn't play into his hands. Um, Chase Lovelady was fourth. Patrick Starropoli was fifth. Brian Doerr sixth. Abigail Jonas had a nice clean run in seventh. Colin Allman did rebound for eighth. Chase King was ninth. And Brennan Pletcher was driving the other Lovelady machine and drove it to a top-ten finish. 17 cars on a Sunday afternoon at Auburndale. Uh, That's great, man. I'm telling you, you get 15, 16, 17 late models at Auburndale. It's a good show. And this was a good race. Uh, This is a very good pure race uh, dominated by Cody Stickler, who was dominant out there for much of the 2023 season, uh, driving one of the quote-unquote house cars, if you will. Um, So good race here. So let's talk about the trucks, man. It was uh, a great field. I mean, a banner field of pro trucks, 20 strong, for the charity race, I mean the best charity race I've ever seen. I think they only started like 13 trucks that year. And truck racing has had a resurgence here in 2023, New Smyrna Freedom Factory, Armandale, Showtime Citrus, you name it. They're getting good field of trucks um, numbers-wise and competition-wise. You know, you might get a 13 truck field, but 8 of them can win. You might get a twenty truck field, and twelve of them can win. That is how good the truck fields have been. It's not just a bunch of junk out there. These guys are. This is good. Truck racing is alive and well, and it's great to see. It's such a cool division, man. It's like um, sportsman ish type cars. (coughs) Excuse me, with with you know an aftermarket truck body on it. It's cool. It's good stuff. It's fun. Qualifying was interesting because Cody Brinson came out and originally set fast time. His time was tossed. Um, pre-race, they brought the trucks out for staging. I actually was able to talk to Richard Levance for a little while. He signed a hero card, gave it to Peyton. And I was like, where did you end up starting, man? Because they rolled into the front of the field. He goes, I don't know. I qualified eighth. I think I just missed the invert because it was seven. I don't. He didn't realize at the time that Cody Brinson had been DQ'd. So I think Richard was like, yeah you know, they just rolled us out. Here I am. Uh, but Richard LeVance actually started on pole and uh, first time back to Auburdale in a while. Obviously, he's been running New Smyrna the last year and a half or so. Um, so it's different when you switch back and forth. And he was kind of saying all weekend, not quite comfortable. Driver's not quite where I should be, but we're here. We're having fun. Um, from what he told me in the pits, uh, you know, he's going to concentrate on his daughter racing more. And the truck is sold. But since he got to start out in front, he was giving it his all. However... His uh, time up front was short-lived. The lap two or lap three, I can't remember exactly which one it was, but very early in the race, I'm watching, and I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not going to point fingers here because I was watching the middle of the pack because when you have 20 trucks and the first couple get singled out, you think the action is going to be from sixth, seventh, eighth on back. Um, I'm watching back through the field. I'm kind of watching the field go down the front straight away, watching the, the eye of the storm. And I look up and Richard LeVance is around off turn number two. And I'm like, really? On lap freaking three gets, you know, he's out of the lead. I don't know if he got dumped. Um, what I will say is, you know, Richard wasn't happy about it because uh, his day just went from bad to worse. But Cody McDuffie, who was a truck behind him, actually replied, in in my opinion, very professionally to Richard's Facebook post and said, hey, you know, I didn't get a chance to talk to you afterwards. I'm sorry about how both of our days ended up going because... This went bad for McDuffie, too. Um, He's like, you know, I'm not sure if I just got on the gas better than you, if you, you know, caught your truck, hit the brakes. And um, I definitely didn't do it on purpose. So there was some contact between Cody McDuffie and the 99 of Richard LeVance. Um, Richard goes around. McDuffie gets sent to the rear of the field. So already the top two trucks on lap three are in the back. So that handed things over to L.J. Grimm in the 72 is um, driving a very special truck. Uh, of course, LJ's father passed away recently in um, the numbers. was a, I, I love it when people do this. A, a, a tribute collage in the numbers uh, of years past from from a lost family. I, uh, back a few years ago when, when Margo raced a Powder Puff race, one of her friends put together one of those with, with her mom in it, and and she put it on the race car. I, just stuff like that is just super cool. It's like a very subtle touch, and uh, the, the hood was decked out for LJ Grimm, so... Um, It was a special day for LJ Grimm, and once he got out in front, uh, and I'll just go ahead and spoil it right now, he was unbeatable. When LJ got out in front, I don't know if Dad was looking down, gave him that extra horsepower or whatever, or if it's just LJ going out there for Dad and just putting a whooping on the field because that 72 truck, is a new truck. um, It's out of Travis Rollins' stable, so we know it's going to be good. Uh, Travis always brings good products to the racetrack. And, um, like I said, LJ was just all day when he was out in front, like they, they couldn't touch him. And, and this was a great field. Like I said, 12, 13, 14 trucks that could have won this thing. Um, but going back to Richard LeVance for a moment, um, after he went to the back, I was chatting with the guys and it's kind of like, yeah, the 99 is going to be in protect, uh, protect mode at this point. The Truck is sold. He's going to, he doesn't want to damage it. So, you know, he's probably just going to let the field thin out see what he can get. Um, he was just kind of hanging around the back, and you could see, you know, Timmy Walters was coming up through the field. Timmy had a great run. Uh Timmy started in the back. He was going forward and, and Richard was just kind of, just kind of there. And again, he was trying to protect the truck. Um, however, the leaders were closing and he was trying to stay in the lead lap. He eventually went for a spin in turn four. That brought out another caution. And then on the restart, the inside lane just checked up. It was accordion effect. I think the 07 of Martins was in this. Uh, but Richard Levant's just, he had nowhere to go when, you know, a truck three, four, five rows up, you know, stacks up the the lane. You can't see through them. Richard plowed into the back. I think it was the the 55 of uh, Palmer hag that he got to the back of and knocked the radiator, knocked the radiator out. Um, in speedway video had the, uh, the roof cam on the 99. It sucks for Richard, but it's a crazy shot. I mean, he just, he gets in the back of Palmer shoves the hood up, and then the water sprays all over the place. It's pretty dramatic footage, actually. Um, you know, not for Richard, but to see that happen so quickly. Um, so now, you know, Richard's got the the truck sold. He's going to have to do some work on it or um, give the guy a discount, I guess. But it sucks for Richard. I was pulling for him, obviously, the new Smarter Track Champion. If I go somewhere else, I'm going to root for our track champion and support them for their support of us all year long. But there were some other um drivers that came to New Smyrna throughout the year that were up in the mix. A la Jeffrey White, Cody McDuffie. I know he only raced once or twice this year, but I still count that. Wilson Martins, Maria Martins, uh Timmy Walters, former bomber champion. We had plenty of, of you know, for us New Smyrna fans, uh, we had plenty of drivers to pull for. But again, you you just you couldn't you, you couldn't not be happy for LJ Grimm. On this day, I've never seen the emotion from LJ. So to kind of get through this truck race, um, kind of a crash fest early on, and then it settled down. And I think before halfway, the, the field was like at 12, and it started at 20. So attrition definitely came into play, as it always seems to do in in truck racing. But uh, yeah, LJ just, man, he, ha- he had the field covered. He held out Jeffrey White, who is no slouch in anything he drives. I mean, second in points in the Prolates at Auburndale, let's see, former truck champion, I believe. Um, Emod wins out the wazoo lately. Jeffrey's a a hell of a hot shoe. They got a new motor in that 41 truck. He was rolling. Um, But yeah, LJ, it was LJ's day. He went out there and won one for his dad. Um, Very emotional in victory lane. Uh, Again, in the interview with Steve, um, listening to Kim Scheffler talk about the, the kids that they were raising money for this weekend who just have these terrible things that you wouldn't wish on, uh, anybody in, these kids and these, these families. And then you see kind of the, the opposite. You see LJ get out who has lost someone, um, and that raw emotion just pours out of this big, tough, burly dude, um, yeah, you just, I, I'm down there in victory lane and that's when it all kind of came together. Uh, that's when I, you know, really got up close and personal with the truck to see the, the, the tribute. Uh, I knew his dad had passed, but then that's when it hit me, the tribute. And I'm like, Oh man, okay. This moment, this isn't just LJ Grimm won the, the charity race. This is a huge moment for LJ Grimm. And, um, he composed himself very well. I like that. He showed the emotion in his interview, but still was able to, uh, honor dad, you know, and muster up that strength to, uh, to give a great interview. It was just, it was a feel-good day over there at Auburndale in the sunshine, beautiful Florida sunshine. And uh, I would just say a, a, a happy end to 2023 as they were racing on New Year's uh, New Year's Eve here. Um, L.J. Grimm gets the big win. Congratulations again to him and Travis Rowland Motorsports. Uh, Jeffrey White in second. Wilson Martin's third. Cody McDuffie fourth. Corey Bigley in fifth. Bray Holmes, who's driving for Mike Kohut in the 11, was sixth. Jackson Denton, this is one twenty four, but I believe that was the one truck. He was seventh, eighth for Todd Hag, Tim Walters, and Grant Thompson. Your top ten again. Big shout out to Timmy Walters, um, finally getting that truck up to speed and having a good run. Um, other notables here: uh, Cody Brinson originally set fast time. He went to the back of the field. He finished twelfth. Uh, Carter Brown thirteenth, yet issues. Palmer Hag, the leading rookie of the year at New Smyrna, he was fourteenth. Don Duval made the trip over. He was fifteenth. Um, Richard LeVance had to settle for 18th and Brennan Pletcher. Yeah. I, I forgot to talk about this. Uh, Brennan Pletcher, an uncharacteristic, uh, last place finish. Uh, he was caught up in one of the early wrecks. I think on like lap five or six, seven, eight, something like that. Had a truck get into his rear coming off the corner, flat tire. And that was the end of his day. So yeah, normally you see Brennan Pletcher up near the front in these things. And he brought up the rear that, like I said, just a, a Tells you about how good the fields were. Um, but yeah, just a very solid uh, main event charity day over there at the Auburn Dale Speedway. The charity event, always one of my favorites. I've worked the last couple. I went there as a fan this year. And uh, the last couple of years, I've been able to give back with with my time this year. Um, I don't have much, but I was able to uh, um, donate a little bit to to the cause. And I don't know, it just it made me feel good. I got to go enjoy some racing, got to donate to a good cause. And I uh, felt like I ended the year on a very good note, over there at the Auburn Hill Speedway. And, and, you know, I really hope that it was a uh, success, and I look forward to it again next year. It's it's a, it's an event that, obviously, if I have other obligations, then, you know, I, I life is going to happen, but I like to try to make it out to the charity race every year. And I hope that you all do, too. It's a really good event for a really good cause, and it's not just some, you know, hoity-toity charity deal. It's it's real people, real kids that you're, you're helping in, you know, you could make their year. So think about it next year, come out and um, at, attend this event and enjoy it. Cause it was very enjoyable. And uh, like I said, you can go back and watch the action on Speedway video. And um, yeah, last race of the season. It, it was a very, very good one. So uh, we're going to take our last commercial break here real quick. When we come back on the other side, we're going to look at uh, day one of Auburndale. I was not at this one, nor was Speedway video. Um, we'll just take a look at the results. And we'll see what Showtime had going on, and then we'll close out the show. So, come on back, quick third segment on the other side. Hey, everyone, we're going to take a few moments here and thank some of our great sponsors with the Racing with Ryan podcast. And we're excited to welcome in a brand new sponsor because we know it costs a lot of money to get to the track these days, whether it be your pit passes, your tires, your fuel, the parts you had to order just to get the car fixed. We know it's expensive, so we welcome on board the SponsorshipSeminar.com. Now, we just had J.R. Longley on the show just a couple episodes ago. We got to learn all about JR and his expertise on the sponsorship side of things, and that's where the seminar comes in handy. So visit the SponsorshipSeminar.com. It's only $99, and you can watch the seminar. Heck, get your whole team together. Get your friends together. Have everybody pitch in. Watch the seminar and learn these new ways and strategies to help you reach out and get those local sponsorships on your car to help lessen the economic impacts of our racing hobby that we love so much. Again, that is the SponsorshipSeminar.com with Jerry Longley. You'll learn ways and strategies on how to reach out and find those hard-to-find sponsors. And you'll also learn how you can give back to them that will hopefully create long-lasting relationships for years and years to come. Once again, that is the Sponsorship Seminar with J.R. Longley. We invite you to check out the sponsorshipseminar.com to see all that they have to offer. You can click through. You can watch the little preview video. And you can order the seminar where you'll get 36 hours of replay access. So you can watch it once. You can watch it a bunch of times in 36 hours. You can watch it by yourself. And then, like I said, Invite everybody over to the garage to work on the car and watch the seminar at the same time. JR has over 40 years of sponsorship knowledge, and it's all available online for you at your fingertips for the first time. Once again, that is the SponsorshipSeminar.com. We would also like to thank American Auto Tires in Service, located at 1523 South Dixie Freeway in New Smyrna Beach, Florida, you can give them a call at 386-428-1941. Of course, that is EJ's company. And if you need anything done, tires, service, you name it, they have you covered. So make sure you stop into American Auto. Or, of course, you can always get with EJ if you're at New Smyrna. Uh, he, you can find him pretty easily in the tire room or driving the pace car. They have all kinds of great deals. Um, look, I'm in the market for some tires. I'm going to be stopping in there in the next couple of months and getting my tires done there because I wouldn't trust anybody else Because I know EJ is going to take care of us. They offer everything from free visual AC checks, tires, maintenance, repairs, any kind of service you need. They even have wheels. So American Auto Tires and Service, your one-stop shop in the New Smyrna area for anything that you need done. So make sure you check them out. Again, 1523 South Dixie Freeway in New Smyrna Smyrna Beach, 386-428-1941. Stop in and see your friends at American Auto. We also thank DeBerry Paint and Body for coming on board as a sponsor. Uh, of course, that is the two manillos. So let's just say you get into a little bit of a fender bender and you don't want to go through your insurance because you know they're probably going to hike up your rates and you're going to pay for deductible and you're still going to have to pay for all this stuff. Make sure you check out DeBerry Paint and Body because they will go ahead and handle that for you. If you got a scuffed up fender, if you got some dents in a bumper, if you got a door that needs replaced, DeBerry Paint and Body will take care of all of that. Um, They are open until about six o'clock each day, and you can get in touch with them by giving them a call at 386-320-0267. And they're located at 400 Chairman Court, Suite 200, Indybury, Florida, 32713. And again, their hours are typically 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. on the weekdays and 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Saturdays, because, you know, They got to get out to the racetrack and whatnot. So uh, if you need any body work done, paint, body, whatever you need, make sure you check out DeBerry Paint and Body. We also thank Bromley Motorsports for coming on board as a sponsor here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. Of course, you can primarily find the Bromleys running at New Smyrna Speedway. They have a couple of Bomber Bs, the six machines out there for Bromley Motorsports, and they have some pro trucks that they run occasionally as well. Sometimes you can find them out at the dirt tracks having a little bit of fun as well. But we appreciate Bromley Motorsports for coming on board to support the show. So make sure you check them out next time you are at the New Smyrna Speedway. We also thank Jeff White Racing for coming back on board as a sponsor here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. Of course, Jeff White Racing can be found bouncing between the Auburndale Speedway and the New Smyrna Speedway. Jeffrey White, driver of the 41 Emod slash Amod, has been one of the dominant forces. So if you're looking to get on board with a good racing team. Make sure you check out Jeff White Racing and check them out at the Bull Ring at Aubredale and the Big Track over at the new Smyrna Speedway. We thank them for coming back on board and supporting the show. And again, if you'd like to come on board and become a sponsor or supporter of the show, we only charge $5 an episode, and you can do as many or as little episodes as you like. One episode, 100 episodes, you could do a season. It's completely up to you. You can sponsor a division. Whatever you'd like to do, we are open um, just message us here on the Racing with Ryan Facebook page or give us a call or text us at 321-356-2934 and we'll be happy to work with you. Thank you again to all of our sponsors and supporters. Now enjoy the rest of the show. Alright everybody, welcome back to the show. Let's wrap up the third and final segment here. I know this uh, show going to be a little bit lopsided, but that's the way it goes sometimes, right? Um, let's head on over to night number one at the Auburndale Speedway as they kicked off the cars racing for a dream and charity race weekend, as uh, Steve mentioned on the interview, a little bit chilly. So that may have deterred a few people. I know, um, uh, honestly, I had, I had, quarter midgets, uh, still Saturday. Um, I could have left straight from there and went to Auburndale and made it in time, but with my kid who I hadn't seen basically in, in three and a half days, um, Decided to just scoop her up and have a nice low-key evening in before waking up early again and heading out for Arvindale, uh Sunday. Um, so, yeah, I did miss out on, on day number one, but it looks like a, a solid program here. Mini stocks, or I'm sorry, mod minis were in action. Chuck Frazier got the big win in car number seven. Of course, Nick Cummins right now is laid up with a leg injury, so we hope to see him back on track here soon. Chuck Frazier got the win, and uh, there's no slouches in the field. Uh, Jason Deaton was second. Uh, Curtis Harrington, third. Jason Lester, fourth. So, I mean, he had some competition. Uh, Jason Rendell was fifth. Tim Seawright, Daisy Fuller, Jeff Fireston, Jay Zolziak, and Rob Taylor rounding out your field. So, a solid field of 10 there. And as we mentioned earlier, features only here on night number one. So, they just started racing and kept going. Uh, Brandon Ducharer was the winner of the Pure Stock event. Started eighth, so... Came up through a big field of cars. Looks like, uh, what, what do we have here? About uh, 20 cars. It's good stuff. Uh, Brandon Duchere, the winner. Craig Huzone made a, a rare appearance. He was in second. Daniel McLean in third. It's a good field, man. Not only in numbers, but in strength. Uh, Jamie Donahoe Jr. was in fourth. Fifth for Adam Briggs. Sixth for Dakota Weiss. Justin Ampspa? Ampspa? Yeah, we'll go with Ampspa. It was seventh. That's a new name for me. Tripping over my own tongue. Brandon Love in eighth, 9th for James Castleberry and Mike Gamache running out the top 10. Again, 20 uh, of the pure stocks in attendance. And uh, that seemed like a pretty good race. I always love a pure stock race. Uh, Hubbard Family Trucking A-Mods. Let's see how many we had of those. 13 had a couple DQs. Bobby Mobley and Norm Dismuke were DQ'd. Bobby Mobley, man, he's becoming a, a, a tough SOB out there, isn't he? He seems to be involved in a couple of kerfuffles from time to time. Um, always been good to me, so I no no issues there. James Jones, the winner of the A-Mod race in the 32. Cody Durham was second. Brandon Duchere in the 99 was third. Some new names up there. Bray Ganey, fourth. Jacob Wallace was fifth. Ronnie Abney, sixth. Jacob McCordale in seventh. Eighth for Tom Zimmerman. Mike Smith, ninth. And Jamie Castleberry rounding out your... T- Whoa, that's that's cool. Um, Rounding out the top ten uh, Jamie Castleberry and Patrick Meninga was in the field. Uh, you want to talk about going from quarter midgets to, to racing. Um, the Menigas are over at uh, little New Smyrna for the little 500 with, um, um, with, with their son over there racing. And, uh, Jonathan Meninga has been tearing it up over there at the, the quarter midget track. And, uh, I remember Patrick, uh, briefly from when I first started, he ran a, a sportsman a few times and I was like, you know, some of these guys have disappeared from racing and now their kids are in quarter midgets. So it, it, it all makes sense. Rich Clouser, um, you know, Matt, Dennis Wheeler, Patrick Meninga, um, they, you never get out of it. You never get all the way out of it. Anyways, uh, back on track here. SRQ taxes, Mini stocks were in action. They had, let's see, 18 of them. Yeah. I mean, the, the, Great fields, great fields of cars for for the first night of charity. I know late models and trucks, the main events are on Sunday, but still action-packed Saturday night racing, man. Um, Bobby Kelly Jr., the winner of the mini-stock feature, William Kearns was second, third for Jay Roberts, Steve Paulton Sr., fourth, Greg Britt, fifth, Stephen Osteen, sixth, seventh for Dakota Cushing, eighth for Ken Larsh, Tony Davidson, ninth, Greg Valdez in the tenth spot. Uh, I'm just seeing if there's any big notables down the field. Virgil Andrews, third, um, in 15th. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, Crown Vicks. So they had wow. 18, 19, 20, 23 Crown Vicks, five disqualifications. My heart. I guess there was some action on the racetrack. Maybe a couple of tossed for computers is kind of what I was hearing there through the through the grapevine. So things definitely got interesting. Um obviously this would this will be better recapped on the hot mic. This coming Wednesday, um, obviously, when you hear this, you can go back and watch that. If you don't watch live with us, Roger Blevins, the winner of the Crown Vic race over Mike Smith in the nine machine. James Bristol was third, fourth for Brandon Ducher. He did a lot of racing. Michael Fuller in fifth, Brandon Wolfinger in sixth, seventh for Ryan Walters, Paul Dufresne in eighth, ninth for T- Tanner Gibbs and Ryan Thompson, junior. in tenth. You know, it's a wild race because Joe Kleitz was 11th. Um, let's look at some of the notables here. Tyler Landis, 14th. Mike Pitts, 16th. Zach Briggs, 18th. Here's your DQs. Ed Hill, Aaron Hargrove, Michael Bauer, Clay Cruz, and Austin Taylor. One, two on day two. So they were good. They behaved themselves on, on day two. Interesting. Uh, mini Cups ran as well. They had nine of those. That's a pretty solid field for those uh, little go-karts cool with bodies. Uh, JCBB got the win over JoJ- JoJo Fadke. Uh Kendall Wheeler was third, Lila Fuller fourth, and Russell Bush, your top five, followed by Tegan Briggs, Brody Guy, Corbin Guy, and yeah, Corbin Guy and then Corbin Roman. Good stuff. Great night. Uh at Omurdale. It it appears on paper. Um, obviously we'll hear from Steve uh more in detail about what went down. Um happy for Cars Race for a Dream. They, you know, do a lot of work just to, to help people out in a time where it's harder and harder to even help ourselves anymore. So glad to see a successful race weekend there. Showtime had their New Year's Eve bash, I guess is what we'll call it. They converted their track, half asphalt, half dirt. Robert Yoho, is he's like the mad scientist of Florida racing, and he's doing his thing his way. And uh, he decided that they were going to block off turns three and four and make them run through the infield dirt for much of the event. Um, so I guess that's what they did. And according to Matt, uh, they, they might not have had the most cars in the world for certain things, but they had a hell of a show. He said it was one of the most entertaining events that he's been a part of since he started working there. And um, that's what it's about. You know, you you take something that might not look like something and make the most of it, damn it. And uh, that's what they did over there at Showtime. Actually, scrolling down here, they had 19 Ford, a, Ford Oval A Division cars. So if you're Crown Vicks, and I think they ran the, the half-asphalt, half-dirt deal. So uh, some of this explains why there's only a handful over at Auburndale for Sunday morning. Uh, but a good number of them did go from Auburndale to Showtime, and that was the idea. So Chucky e. Hearn picked up the win over there uh, over Austin Durham. Uh, Justin Meyer was third, fourth for Brandon Wolfanger, Randy Tyler, fifth. Uh, Rob Ledwell, sixth. Sean Bailey, seventh. Robert Ray, eighth. Tyler Landis, ninth. Austin Ramsey, in tenth. So, yeah, that must have just been fun watching these Crown Vicks dig on the asphalt and then go mudding in the dirt. They ran the uh, Ford, Ford figure eight as well. They had 14 of those. That's a pretty good turnout on the figure eight. I'm sure that, you know, those are always just wild. Um, excuse me. I got to yeah, clear my throat here. So this is going to make great audio. Excuse me. I'm just trying to pad the runtime here. Anyway, um, Justin Meyer, the winner of the Ford figure eight, Uh, Joshua Ryan in second, third for Ryan Walters, Chucky Hearn was fourth, fifth for Kelsey Ecker, Uh, Mike Coleman Jr. was sixth, Robert Ray seventh, Ed Hill eighth, Rob Ledwell ninth, and Cody Williams, your top 10. Again, I I don't have much commentary on these races. I wasn't there. I haven't seen video. Uh, But again, Matt can give us a good recap on the hot mic on Wednesday, which I'm looking forward to recording with those guys in in a day. School was figure eights, he had eight of them. They had 10 on the property, eight started. Robert Yoho couldn't get his to start, unfortunately. He might be a mad scientist with crazy stuff, but sometimes, mechanically, it doesn't go his way. Austin Durham, the winner. Jody Henley in second. A third for Jimmy McLeod, who wasn't racing Crown Vicks. Interesting. James Volk was fourth. Fifth for Kyle Courtney. And, uh, again, you can find the full results on Showtime's thing. So they did a run what you brung which I'm told was an Enduro. I guess it was the half asphalt, half dirt style Enduro. And um, Matt texts us in in the group chat, we only have eight freaking cars for this thing. And then he texts back later, but it was the best thing of the night. I guess they had a a couple of guys wreck each other around the whole racetrack, which is pretty entertaining. Um, You know, it makes me feel better about the Armadillos. You know, when you think of Enduro, you think 50 to 80 to 100 cars. At least that's what you want. If we were getting like 20 to 25 for our armadillos, which is, I I get it. New Smyrna, man, God, it's, it's tough for Enduro racing. It's just, it's not a boring, but it made me feel a little bit better about our attempts at Enduros. But then I heard it was a great race, just like our armadillos ended up being great too. So I think if you look at something with the mindset of, let's just make the most of it and have fun with it, then you end up having a good time. So, yeah, if you just look at a run with your brung enduro style 75-lap thing with eight cars, you're like, what the hell? Why even bother? Well, if you don't run the race, then you can't enjoy anything, right? So they ran the thing, and I guess it was a great way to end 2023 over there. Uh, Patrick Tab got the win. Raymond Rogers was second. Austin Durham third. Chris Thornton fourth. Edgar Summit, 5th, Randy Tyler, Trevor Appling, and Rodney Barnes. I've heard of like two of those people. So, um, listen, I, I heard from Matt that they had a great time. The fireworks show was amazing. So, glad to hear everybody that got to race on this beautiful weekend got to enjoy themselves. And I'm looking forward to what 2024 has in store for us out there on the racetrack. Um, you know, Steve and I talked about it. These these places, man, they're 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 going away and, and there seems to be more fighting between and not just not, not fighting, but there, there seems to be more impasse between tracks these days. than I get it. We're competitors. We want all the drivers to come to our tracks. We're all racing on the same nights. We all have big events that we're trying to get in between when mother nature wants to be a pain in the ass. Um, it can't always work out all the time, but just, man, I, I just hope if you're listening to this show, whether you go to new Smyrna, whether you go to freedom factory, whether you go support dirt racing or something out of state, I just, I hope that, you know, uh, you'll just go enjoy racing and, and support these places so that they stay open. If there's a track you don't like, instead of trying to bury them, just go somewhere else. And, and I, I'd rather everybody just go everywhere, to be honest with you. You know, sometimes you might go to a track and you're, it might not be your night and you think you're getting screwed. Well, maybe on that night it just wasn't your night. And you feel like you got screwed, but you really didn't. Sometimes you get screwed. It just... Welcome to life. We're, we get screwed every day by just waking up and going to work, don't we? So, um, I don't know, man. I'm just trying to have a better outlook on 24. There's going to be good things. There's going to be bad things. There's going to be good nights. There's going to be bad nights. And uh, I'm just going to try to enjoy it. If we have a night where our biggest field is eight cars, well, I'm going to announce that eight-car race like there's 18 out there and and hope we get some action. If there's a, a big car count and it ends up being a shit show, then I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you it was. If I look at another track and they're succeeding, then I'm gonna give them the praise they deserve. If there's a track that's struggling, I'm gonna look at things and and try to hope that it improves for them. And if you don't like the way a certain track is run, go support another one so they don't all go away. Because what's gonna happen is we're gonna get down to like two tracks left in Florida, and you're not gonna have much of a choice. It's either get out or get out and support it. So anyway, I guess there's my high horse rant at the end of segment number three. And I'm not even ranting for any particular reason. I have no reason to be upset. I'm actually um, very, very positive mindset right now, to be honest with you. Just I'm happy to be a race fan. I'm happy to be involved with where I'm at. I'm happy with the opportunities that I have. And I'm happy with the people that are in my life. So I, I don't know. I, I hope you all are carrying some sort of positivity going into this year. I know that, uh, you know, sometimes we butt heads with people. Sometimes we butt heads with with friends of ours. It's just, it, it, it happens. We are humans. We're not always going to agree with one another. I know 100% of my listeners do not sit here every week and agree with everything I say. And that is okay. And I'm sure there are some people that don't listen to this anymore because they never agree with what I say. And that's okay, too. But I know that there are others of you who put this on, even when it's a show that I really don't have anything to talk about, but I make up some BS because I want to give you guys some sort of entertainment, whether you agree with me or not, whether you enjoy every show I put out, whether you think I'm annoying or not. I I hope that what everybody involved from the folks at sunshine, sunshine it's always so hard for me to say sunshine state racing from the folks at all the various photography media outlets from this podcast to the hot mic to any other media conglomerations that are involved with florida racing and i know there's more because i know there's a whole media outlet on the dirt side of things where that's not my realm i know there's other people i'm freeding. Everybody that is involved in racing, thank you for what you have done for the past few years, and thank you for what you're going to do in 2024 without people out there talking racing, taking pictures of race cars, sharing things. Um, without that getting out there, then people really don't know what's going on. So we got to keep that up. Um, and, and I know there are, are groups that want to butt heads and you know think they're superior to others, Listen, we're all in short track racing. Ain't none of us superior to a pile of poo on the ground, to be honest with you. We're out there loving what we do, and and if you stop loving what you do, then that's when you know that uh, it's time to do something else. So I hope you all continue to love racing. I hope you continue to listen to this show. I hope you uh, continue to give me ideas, man. If, if you want to hear from somebody and they're willing to go on a podcast, send them my way. I love to... I love to do the interviews. Uh, They they always end up going pretty well, to be honest with you. Um, I I like hearing y'all's stories. I like having you all talk for a little while. Um, I like to learn things that I haven't learned before. And um, at the end of the day, I really enjoy doing the show. It's it's fun to look through the other racetracks to see how everybody's doing. I've learned so many different drivers just from looking at the results. So... Part of what I'm doing on here on a weekly basis is, is learning, is researching, so that when I'm up there talking about what's going on, I have a better idea. I don't know everything, and I'm never going to know everything. And, um, yeah, anyway, I've I've wasted enough of your time blabbering at this point. Thank you all so very much for listening to the first show of 2024. Thanks to Auburndale Speedway for uh, having us out there. Um, I say us, uh, me and Tom. We're both media doing different sides of media. I know it's weird. You know, some people probably don't understand that a podcast is media. And, um, you know, I think it's a very good thing of media. A podcast is something you can put on and still do something else. You know what I mean? Uh, I I listen to podcasts in the car all the time. I listen to podcasts while I walk around the neighborhood. I think podcasts are a great way to get things out there, to tell stories, um, to keep people engaged, even when their minds are going other places. So, anyways, that's... um, yeah, I, like I said, I've wasted enough of your time. Thank you guys so much for for listening. Um, I got a uh, got a special. If you want to do a year-long sponsorship, I'm going to cut you a big deal. I usually charge $5 an episode, and give or take, uh, you know, there's going to be a couple of weeks where real life happens. I might not be able to do a show. Um, I've been talking about doing this for a couple of weeks now, so let me give you a freaking solid number on that. Um, let's just say there's there's 50 weeks in the podcast year, times five bucks, two fifty. Um, if you want to sponsor the season, um, if you if you start sponsoring the season in January, I'll let you sponsor the whole twenty twenty four season for two twenty five. There you go, um, two twenty five for the year. Get you an ad, whatever you want. Uh, you can come on the show anytime you want. Um, obviously, you can still do five bucks an episode. I know I have uh, some that need to renew, but. Man, I'm going to keep y'all running through January just as a as a thank you for a great 2023 and a positive 2024. But yeah, um a full season of sponsorship for 225 if you want to come on board and uh, obviously we can do we do less. We we can work out a deal. Just if you're interested in getting your company out there on a weekly basis on this show, let me know. We'll work something out. But thank you guys so much. Um really excited for for what's ahead here in, in 2024. With that said, take care of yourselves. We'll see you hopefully at the Red Eye this weekend. And um, goodbye in Vermont.